Algar Productions. Divergent Endeavors, a collection of short stories, Volume 1. A Day in Her Life by Terry Drozdak. Personal Log, Stardate 74010.1. Oh, 600 hours. Quick trip to the AH homeworld for dawn cliff diving. Refreshing. Still attempting to convince my contact there to exchange consciousness with me, but they insist they don't have the clearance to do it just for fun. I'll get them to agree eventually. I've never tried to use my wiles on an awe before, but I'm confident in my abilities. 0730 hours. Joined my contact for a group session of stretching. The concept is similar to earth yoga, but Andorian bodies of course can't move the same way the awe do, so I did the best I could. Very relaxing, but it turns out they do it for hours on end in a very hot room with only very short breaks for hydration. Skipped out at the second break. 1000 hours. Back to the Nimbus for zero-g meditation group. 11.30 hours. Parisi square practice. 12.30 hours. Sick bay. 1400. Late lunch with the cute guy who broke my nose during Parisi square practice. He didn't bother to fix the black eye I gave him, and that coloration is coming along nicely. I'd wish he changed clothes first, though. His tunic was still covered in blue. 1500. Shower with guy from Parisi square practice. I don't think I'll ever get used to human bodies. They're so pale and featureless. Boring. This one had muscles, at least. Probably should have gotten his name, but whatever. I'll see him at practice next week. 1700. Spring ball with Zot. I'm glad I'm still learning. I'm not sure it would be the best idea to beat her now, and I'm not letting her win just to keep Endeavor's first officer happy. It's not a problem yet, but I'm getting better, and it might be later. She's not my direct boss, but sometimes I wish she were still just a lieutenant just to keep things simple. 1830. Shower. By myself this time. More productive, but a lot less fun. 1900. Made plans for parasailing on my next off shift. 1930. Dinner with friends. 2000. Off to the weekly orgy at- Wait, wait, wait. This is going too far. It's Nov. I don't think that's a thing. Whatever. Stop. You can't just make this stuff up. You know you have an unhealthy fascination, right? Have you met me? This is about the healthiest fascination that I have. Hey guys, what were you talking about? Nothing. Nothing. Weekly Checkup by Devlin Grimm Dog. Oh, good morning, Del. Ready for your weekly dose of vitamin S? Yeah, can this be the week where you just give me my shot without subjecting me to a bunch of invasive questions and dumb small talk? (laughs) Hell no. Hop up on the bed. I'll just grab your shot and a pad. How are you today? On a scale of 1 to 10? In general. I heard you had a date with my honorable colleague over on the Klingon ship. Just wondering if I'm treating any broken bones this morning, too. Can we just get this over with? Oh, all right. Any chills, nausea, or difficulty focusing? You ask me that every week, and every week I tell you that that's just, just the hellscape that, that is my horrible existence in this, in this garbage, garbage body. body. Yes, yes. Any gross new fluids coming out of that garbage body I should know about? No. Shot, please. So, what do you hear about Kutch and Gia? What? I mean, 
Humans have this phrase I love, sexual tension. But that Delton charm can actually increase the barometric pressure. Oh, or your antenna tingling? I just wonder if that's all that's tingling. I hear they've been spending a lot of private time together. Cap is mentoring, Kutch. Mentoring? Yes, mentoring. And you keep your insinuations and gossip to yourself, you obnoxious, ice-handed, screeching harpy, and give me my shot. Have you been feeling more irritable than usual? Only right before I get my shot. (laughs) That is to be expected. You know Kutch is the most principled and earnest idiot in the fleet, and Cap is actually a great leader. He would die before he abused his position like that. He works to bring out the best in all of us, and you know no one is looking out for him. And you're down here yelling at people when they get sick and experimenting on God knows what and trying to stir up gossip about him? Well, apparently there's no gossip to start. And you should know Gia considers my incorrigibility to be my greatest asset. We go way back. We were on the Angela Davis together. That was Cap's ship during the war. Everyone knows you were just some sort of guts and blood art jerk until the Omega mission. Oh, you mean interplanetarily renowned, conceptually motivated bio-artist, Knight of the Order of Xanthrea Shandor, Professor Emeritus at the Symbiotica Institute, named Visual Arts Laureate of the Federation in 2387, and currently showing a retrospective across all four founding homeworlds? Sure, but... Back then, I had training in anatomy and physiology, and Starfleet was happy enough with those credentials when I enlisted as a field medic and was assigned to the Angela Davis. One nice thing about being a Federation citizen, we don't find ourselves in endless unjust wars of conquest. So I had no ethical dilemma when Starfleet was begging for volunteers. And then, yes, I only joined Starfleet Medical when Gia told me about Omega. Literally the only thing in the universe that could get me on board with your flying feel-good brigade. The Angela Davis was the first ship to respond at Lakaran City. Any delay or depression in its sexual sensation or difficulty achieving orgasm. What? None of your business! You've been back on serotonin injections for three months. It's a standard question. See? It's on the pad. I... I guess it is your business, then. No. Just remember, Dal. Whatever I say is gossip, but whatever you say is confidential. Like in your sessions with Counselor Johnstone. Ugh, that wispy little idiot. Dal, I'm surprised you could call yourself something so hurtful as a jerk. Listen, buddy, I call myself a jerk because I am a jerk. I've spent my extraordinary career being the absolute best at speaking literally every known and some unknown languages. I know what words mean, and I use them correctly. Sounds like she should learn your language. Exactly. Like, I need to be able to call myself a jerk. Aren't doctors and counselors supposed to put you at your ease? Well, not you, since you're the queen of terrible, mad art monsters. Sure, that's what the ICC calls me. I can't believe that good vibrations child gets to decide if I'm fit for duty. Well, Johnstone can make a recommendation, but that's ultimately my call. Wait, what? That's how it's organized on Endeavor. I decide if you are fit for duty, I decide if John Stone is fit for duty, I decide if Gia is fit for duty. Cap's orders, in fact. He insisted I have ultimate authority over the counselor when he brought me on. But why would he- Ah! How did you make a hypospray hurt? How is that even possible? Oh, huh. Mm, that is weird. Well, I'm sure I'll figure it out in time for your dose next week. Are you sure you don't need me to check for any broken bones? Dr. Larkin was kind enough to check already. Oh, that's so sweet. Ugh. Goodbye, Doc. Just doing my job. I do love my job.
Alcohol and Beverage Center 447 by Mark Bosco. Enter Tavir. Uh, Golemric, sir. Sit down. It has come to my attention that you are not happy operating the transporter all day aboard our ship. Nonsense, Golemric. I am perfectly content doing my duty for the Cardassian Empire. Besides, trying to understand the control panels on this floating rock is a welcome challenge. Mm-hmm. Regardless of your feelings on the matter, this new ship requires your services in a role that I believe you are much better suited for. Sir? As you yourself have said, morale on the ship has been low after the Fiolo incident was resolved. I've been thinking that we could learn something from our Starfleet associates. You will return to your former role and be the proprietor of a new alcohol and beverage center right here on this ship. Will Central Command let us do that? I'd like to see if this works before I share the results with Central Command. Boy, you're really learning from your Starfleet pals. Glyn Tavir. Sir. The A have agreed to transfer possession of this ship to the Cardassian fleet for the foreseeable future. And if it's going to be a Cardassian ship, we need to give it a Cardassian name. I'm putting you in charge of the commissioning ceremony. You know what needs to be done? Yes, sir. Good. Don't make me regret this. I have no idea what needs to be done. I've never even been to a ship naming. Why are you asking me? Well, you were in the Cardassian military for longer than I ever was. I just thought maybe you'd been to one or two. I have. You've been to a Cardassian one? Well, not a Cardassian one, no. But I was at the Endeavor Commissioning. How different can it be? <laughs> Besides, this is an awe ship under Cardassian command. Maybe we can make it a joint ceremony and fill in the parts you don't know with their awe equivalent. Naomi, I can always count on you to bring a new perspective to a challenge. Thanks. Hey, doll, you know the awe. Hmm. Could you help me research the ship naming ceremonies? <sighs> Fine. But you were going to owe me one. One what exactly? How about one bottle of the 13? <laughs> wow, the 13 vintage canard. That's pretty steep, Lacerto, but if you're going to charge that much, there's one more thing I need. Do you know where I can find a goose? Thank you, Officer Oah. Dal Lacerto, would you do the honor of translating that for us? <clears throat> o mighty rulers of the solar winds, through whose power our frail vessels traverse the wild and faceless deep, we implore you to grant this worthy vessel, Kaldar, the benefits and pleasures of your bounty, ensuring us of your gentle ministrations according to our needs. I name this ship Kaldar and may it bring fair solar winds and good fortune to all who sail on it. <clears throat> this is quite unorthodox, Galemric, but I suppose this ah ship is also rather unorthodox. I hope your experiment bears fruit. Thank you, Legged Karaf. Your indulgence is greatly appreciated. 
I'm sure that this new alcohol and beverage center will be a great boon for my crew. You know, that's really smart to smash the bottle against an anvil instead of against the hull. I always worried, what if you crack the hull? Seems unnecessarily dangerous. Yeah, but what a waste of a bottle of Kanar. We have so little of it out here as it is. Oh, don't worry about that. We're about to make some more. And now, for the traditional squeezing of the goose. Squeezing? Of the goose? Yeah, it's supposed to bring good luck to the crew to have a bottle of Kanar made at its commissioning. Whatever good luck means. But... A goose? Didn't you know that's how Kanar was made? We couldn't get a real Kanar goose on such short notice, but I suppose out here in the Omega Quadrant, we'll just have to make do. May this Kanar bring camaraderie and cheer to all who serve aboard the Kaldar. Oh, God. I think I'm going to be sick. Royal Blue by Rich DeThorne Science Officer's Log, USS Endeavor, Stardate 73992.1. Well, the book is closed, and I can, as of 1700 today, finally report on the successful, I think, progress of Starfleet's longest-running, farthest-reaching, most energy-costly, coolest, most amazing, most... Superlative. Excuse me? Biggest, fastest, cleanest, most turquoise, superlative. You were going to tell us what all those weird jumps and maneuvers we've done for the past week and a half. Yeah, we, we had a bet in the security office that you were trying to write your name with Endeavor's warp trail. Right. And while we're on this meta-conversational tangent here, I have to inform you that this is an intervention. <clears throat> what do you mean? Uh, well, uh, you see, you're not as sneaky as you think you are. Huh? Okay. 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 You have been irritable, you have been joyful, you have been stock still and absorbed in thought so deep, I assume, that someone could set you on fire and you wouldn't notice. You've let your guitar go out of tune? Twice? I... How did you know that? I sort of ran my fingers across the strings and it sounded like it was out of tune. It doesn't seem like you. If it's not on my wall, it's in its case. How did you do that without me noticing you... Oh. It's not like you, but it's not like you when you're not like you. We can handle sad you, or mad you, or happy you. That is normal. That is predictable. I'm just going to barrel in with it. You are hiding something from us. But not just anything. Oh, no. You guys. You are hiding something fun. Mm-hmm. But I... You smile randomly. You giggle Randomly. Normal, stock, bog-standard Naomi Wildman reactions, which are a part of what makes you you, except... You're not sharing. You're not telling. You're not saying what gives. We like to giggle when you giggle. Or the nearest cultural equivalent. Why are you smiling? Yeah, stop smiling. Why are you smiling? We're accusing you. This is an intervention. You've stopped acting intervened with a while ago. Yeah, act confronted. Naomi! Naomi! It's no fun for us if you don't act confronted. Oh my god, you guys, you guys, you guys, oh my god, you guys. I'm so excited. You've ruined this for me, Naomi, my dear, dear friend. Guys, I so wanted to tell you. I wore my best accusing sweater to... 
Oh, well, I move that we cease the intervention. I was leaning into confrontation, but... Hmm. Hmm. I think... I think you might be right. All right, motion carries. Naomi, proceed. I'm sorry, you guys. I would have gotten in so much trouble if I told you. I promise. Oh, we don't not believe you, Naomi. Yeah, I'll restate it. We utterly believe you. We just wanted to make sure you know that we knew that something was up. We want to make it clear to you that you are utterly demonstrably and almost comically incapable of subterfuge. Because delivering this sort of hard truth is exactly what friends are for. Precisely. So if you must, and you'd better must because my curiosity is incredibly piqued. Okay. So, about 30 years ago, a team at the Kronos Solar Observatory found a dot next to a relatively unimpressive star on a single sensor image. They ran all the checks and rescanned, and it was still there. It wasn't there before. This sounds a little familiar. This is all pretty public so far. They classified it as an interloper star since it only just appeared on the sensors. They expected it to go away just as suddenly, but it didn't. They kept an eye on it for a decade. I feel like there was a journal about that. There are three of them. The Klingon one is the best read, in my opinion. They reclassified the star as an irritant, and the whole scientific investigation read like a hunt even though it was almost entirely from inside the Kronos Observatory. After 10 years and a few sensor upgrades, they learned it was a supernova remnant that was hiding in the other star's glare, just the core of a star that died over two million years ago. But they couldn't just close the book on it like that. They had to defeat it. Yeah, I I remember that one from the Academy. Didn't they actually land on a star? Well, in as much as one can land on a star, they didn't actually get to step out, but they managed to get their bird of prey 250km through the helium layer and got a physical sample of the carbon oxygen core. They cut its heart out. That's... That sounds so cool. Naomi, we read a lot about this in school. Where did you come in? Okay. So the stellar remnant came from a supernova that happened 2.5 million years ago, right? Right. And what comes from a supernova? An explosion. Radiation? That was a mean question, you guys. Everything comes from them. Guys, we're 2.5 million light years from the Milky Way galaxy. Huh. Oh. Does... Does that mean you guys get it? So, from here... Looking back at the Milky Way, you could see that star exploding right now because the light from that explosion would only just now be arriving. Yes! Why is that top secret? And why the jumps? Oh! Oh, right! So, we know what the star's core was made out of. We've got replicator files of it, so direct comparison and experimentation is entirely possible. We know where it is, and we know exactly when it'll go. So all we need to do is collect our data here. But there's a side benefit. Yeah? If we can get the samples of that radiation at the source and here, we can fill so many gaps of our understanding of the universe. We'll have measurements of supernova neutrinos before and after a 2.5 million year time interval. We may even be able to see a photon's age. Uh, That's great. I mean it. But why is it top secret? Well, you know how time travel is a bit, uh, discouraged? Oh. Oh, oh. Did you... 
I mean, did you... Did you go back 2.5 million years, Naomi? What? Me? No. No, but I did contact the Metron and ask if maybe they could help us out a bit. Time travel and the Metron. Uh, Naomi, that seems, uh, reckless. Yeah, but it was really the easiest way. I mean, we had a lot of seemingly safe options. Temporal vortex, slingshot effect, tangent causality loop, chronoton imbalances, the random will of a questionably beneficial being. Those are all really, really dangerous, I agree. But don't we have a don't-call-us-we'll-call-you relationship with the Metron? It turns out that they're reasonably accommodating if you just want some astronomy assistance. So you didn't go back in time. Who did you send back in time? Actually, that's not how it works. The Metron are temporally decoupled. This is part of why they're difficult to reach. They exist partially at every point in time within a certain range. After explaining the plan, it was just a matter of telling them where and when to set up some flux sensors. On our end, we had to move the ship so the same neutrino beam that went through those sensors ended up in our detector. So for the past week and a half, we've been playing half of a very long game of catch. No legal time travel. Sketchy contact with a culture that we have no formal contact with, yes, but no illegal time travel. I'm sad at how vanilla this all is, Naomi. But I'm really, really impressed. I really am. Yeah, yeah, that is so cool. That, Naomi, this is amazing. So, so this is the Federation, uh, the Metron, the Klingons. The Andorians, the Vulcans, the Bajem Oculus. The Romulans kept an eye on a star from out here since Nimbus got started. It's just really exciting how many of us cooperated. The Metron part had to be under wraps until we got as much data as we could. So what's next? Yeah, big speech? I think you need to give a big speech. Publish a paper, maybe? How many things are named after you now, anyway? What? It's just the one, Dal. And your name is on that thing, too. I seem to recall a special type of fire extinguisher that is in early development. That hardly counts. Also, nothing is named after me. I led the team on this end. My report will just be folded into the eventual publication. It's technically a high-energy physics, so it will be listed alphabetically, but since there are so many of us, it'll probably just be named after the experiment. The really long game of catch? The really long time it took to do this experiment? It's actually the really long beamline neutrino experiment. I was joking. So was I. So that spells... R-L-B-N-E. Rilbney. Rilbney. Maybe Arbaline. Robobalone. Robobalonia. You are the Andromeda team leader of the Royal Baloney Experiment. I will introduce you that way at parties. Well, the symbol for neutrino is new, not the letter N. So we've actually been calling it Royal Blue. All respect to you, Naomi. Uh, This is an impressive feather in your cap, and I feel a little badass being on Endeavor now, but Royal Baloney it is. It's either that, or I'll assume you actually caused a supernova 2.5 million years ago and start introducing you that way. The Existence of Individuality by Gav Brown It's 0830. It is 0832. 
It was 0830 when I got my second coffee. Well, for someone who's eager to get started, you're gonna need your hat. I left it in someone's quarters, and that is all I will say on the matter. Wait, you're asking about the official book club hat? You're becoming more Cardassian every day. Well, that may account for why we read that Cardassian novel. The existence of individuality is the only Cardassian novel I would recommend. The author was ambassador to Vulcan for years before they wrote it. The fusion of the two literature styles makes for a very interesting novel. So what did you like about it? I like the cover illustration. I'm sure they drew uh, 1,000... Bylaw number four. Good and bad things about the novels must always come from the text. Anyway, you said you liked the cover page for a previous book. I'm a Tellarite of simple taste. Hold on. I'm trying to get my quote up on the pad. Seems to be making a strange sound every time I go into it. I'll try rebooting. Uh, I hope that would fix it. And now people are looking over at us. Can you see what's wrong with the pad? Doesn't appear to be anything wrong with it, aside from the stupid noise. I'll ask engineering. Lieutenant Lacerdo to Commander Myra. What is it, Dal? She's always so cheerful. Is that a bad thing? I guess not, but it feels so unnatural for a Starfleet engineer. Uh, it's my pad, Commander. It's making a weird noise. Oh, that noise... This is important. We'll run a level one diagnostic on it immediately. Really? Oh, oh, you were being sarcastic. That's only good when I get to do it. On the other hand, I didn't know you were even capable of that, so well done. We're busy down here, Lacerdo. The warp coils need a full reset, and we're down two people already. Your pad's fine. Some of that generation of pads have tiny known defect resulting in that when programs are opened. I see. Yeah, so that's all. Sorry about this, but I really do have to go now. Very busy. See my previous. Say hi to Anson Sasek. He owes me a drink. He owes a lot of people a drink. Myra out. If it's a defect, how difficult can it be to fix it? Stupid defect. Why isn't this fixable? Nobody here. But us chickens. Come in. It's an old earth saying. It's always an old earth saying. I must look into its etymology as soon as I can get this pad to work. Throwing it on the floor won't help. Neither will telling me that. Dal, I understand it annoys you, but it's only a defect. The the pad still works. We just worry you'll become obsessed by it. Become? Oh, it's too late for that. Why does there have to be something different about it? Why can't it just be normal? If everything is only allowed to be normal, then nothing will ever realize how amazing they are. You taught me that, Del. Kutch and I thought you might be like this, so we've made our pads amazing too. Now we all have the coolest pads in all of Starfleet. Have I ever told you guys you're the best? Of course. Not often enough. Well, that's all you're getting. Besides, now we can finish the book club for the existence of individuality. We still need your good thing. For someone who's eager to get started, you're gonna need your hat. Almost, but not quite entirely unlike, by Mike Warner. So that's when he was replaced by four of himself. Four Supermans. Superman. Uh, Anyway, they all have different outfits and attitudes, although one of them is just a Borg and a cape, but it's all pretty exciting. Uh, I just can't believe he's really dead. (laughs) Well, if his exploding planet didn't kill him, maybe nothing will. Which is my way of saying, I'm bored now. Naomi. Why isn't she answering her door? 
Morning, Naomi. We better get over to the Ferengi slash Cardassian restaurant while the eggs are extra wiggly. We don't want to be late for... Oh, no. Uh, Naomi? Why do you look so... dish-leaved? Disheveled. That's a one. Did you bring me coffee? Why would we bring you hot bean juice when your replicator's right there? Ugh, you're no good to me. Computer, show me packet 2F643B of replicator submenu 483. Naomi, honey, what's going on? The coffee patterns are gone from the replicator. I've been going over and over the system since I got up three hours ago, but they're all gone. Let me check. Computer, coffee. There, see? It looks and smells like what I understand coffee to be. I can't actually drink it myself because I like things that taste good. That is not coffee. It's something called instant, and that pattern has overwritten every other coffee we used to have. Give me that. I've seen her like this once before, on a two-week planetary exploration mission with the worst ration packs available. Oh, wait. Not ration pack 3C. Yeah. Zero coffee and all the pickled beets, whatever they are. Because she's so small, the withdrawal hits her hard, and she ends up on a fast runabout ride from stress and anxiety to fatigue in the shakes. I'm assuming it's a metaphor runabout? Right. One of those. Anyway... The doc on the mission had to give Naomi her own stimulant hypospray. That doesn't sound like proper medical procedure. It was either that, or the doc was going to need his own doc. Uh, Naomi, why don't you just switch to Ractagino or something until this gets sorted? Don't you threaten me with that Klingon swill. Oh, that's, uh... That's atypical. I just need my Pluma Hildago heavy roasted double calf, but some idiot wiped it out with his... <gasps> that's it. I just need to find out who installed the instant pattern. She once told me she started drinking coffee because of Captain Janeway. I get that. Yeah, there was a whole generation of cadets at the academy who drank something called Teal Grey Hots uh, because of some picky captain. Uh-huh. But in her case, it's more than a teenage beverage crush. Sometimes I think it's the hot liquid engine that keeps her running. Yes! Now I've got you. Wildman to Sad Sack. This is Ensign Sasuk. How can I help you, Commander? So, you like fake coffee, do you? Excuse me, ma'am? Don't play dumb with me, you miserable bag of hair pasta. You erased the entire coffee menu in the replicator. A what? All I did was write over onto the database the new coffee pattern I received in the last transmission from home. What? You did what? You wrote over the database? Sure, that's... That's what you do, right? You, you drag the file onto the menu, and when the computer asks you if you want to overwrite the files, you say yes, because you're dragging it over and then writing it in to the system. Frozen, 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 that erases all of the good files in the menu and replaces them with your terrible stench water. I want you to get down to my quarters right now so I can grab the front of your uniform and shake you around! I'm sure that won't be necessary, Sasek. But maybe you should report to computer sciences for some remedial training. I mean, you're an engineer, man. Okay, that's fair. 
But if the menu was erased, why didn't you just reinstall the backup from the Nimbus core? Because... Because my head is pounding so hard and I can't think straight and the lights are so bright and... <laughs> Did someone turn up the gravity? And there's the fatigue. Although I forgot about the splitting headaches, she said that was the worst part. Hey, Sasek, you good? Wildman out. Wait, what? Uh, Naomi, uh, you gonna be okay? Yeah, Mom. I mean, Kutch. I just need to close my eyes for a whole minute, okay? Oh, no you don't. We'll get you to Doc Shang and she'll fix you right up. Yeah, I think someone's going to have to carry her. You up for that big guy? Uh, you bet. I've worked Starfleet bars. You could stuff three Naomi's in a uniform and they'd still weigh less than the average drunk officer. But we're, uh, not getting breakfast, are we? Don't worry. We can stop off for something on the way to sick bay. I hear they just restock the ration packs in the Deck 3 storage lockers. Uh... Cryptopussy by Vishal Bardwaj. You uh, wanted to see me, Admiral? Lieutenant. Yes, yes, do sit down. Uh, Captain Gia said I'm being called in using the discreet actions protocol. D- does that mean... Indeed, I... To be frank, Lieutenant Kutch, the matter is delicate. And I'm embarrassed to admit personal. Okay. You see, I find myself dispossessed of an object of significant sentimental value, and I need you to retrieve it from... From those that did the dispossession. Uh, I get it. Indeed you do get it. Why me? Don't you have a... a, Whatchamacallit? A fixer? Well, uh, as it happens, the person I would call is currently in the Alpha Quadrant. You know, a galaxy away. This all sounds a bit above my pay grade. Uh, you, You sure you can't just call Section 31? Those guys must owe you for something. Oh, no, no, not not those dramatic buffoons. No, this task requires a certain kind of non-typical thinking that I have come to expect from you, Kutch. Often to my detriment. Well, thanks, I guess. So, uh, what is this discreet dispossession repossession mission? I want you to infiltrate an underground casino here on the station, gamble your way into the back room's high-stakes game, and locate, win back, steal, swindle, charm, cajole, or by any other means necessary, retrieve my... object. You were gambling in a secret casino on Nimbus, and you lost something. You're not going to tell me what it is, are you? No, I am not. Oh, good to see you, sweetie. Lieutenant, you are on duty. I should not need to remind you to maintain a professional demeanor. Sorry, Admiral. Ah, there you are, Kutch. Here you go. I had the quartermaster here prepare some field equipment for the job. Since you'll be going in there on your civvies, you'll need this discreet comm device and this miniature phaser. What's a single shoe for? To secretly hold the discreet comm device and miniature phaser, of course. 
It's in your size. A gun and a radio. Not exactly Christmas, is it? Lieutenant, I wish I could send a whole squad in there without risking a diplomatic incident, uh, but I'm afraid you'll have to make do. Oh, and you'll need this for the buy-in. It's a crypto-latinum chip. Try not to lose it all at once. I can't believe I lost it all at once. Sir, this isn't actually a gaming table. You're at the bar. I don't care. A Klingon never runs from a battlefield or battle table, let alone a battle bar. Give me more chips. Sure. Potato, tapioca, or banana. My dear Kirk, what seems to be the problem? You were having a wonderful time. Jakutis, get this fine warrior whatever he needs. What I need is to win, Maracas. To win her back. Seeing as you're fresh out of crypto, might I suggest you seek out an investor? I mean a fellow warrior who can lend their support to your campaign. A friendly ally. Ally? Ah! I haven't seen a friendly face in this targ hole for... For... Wait! You there, aren't you the one from that thing that time? Uh, I am an ordinary citizen, out enjoying the nightlife that Nimbus Station has to offer. Come here. Yeah, I know you, you're Cooch. Maracas, this is my guy, as you humans say. <laughs> I'm a guy. Excellent. I'll let you two get a strategy together. Uh, you do know how to play, don't you, Mr... Cutch. Just... Cutch. And I'm not here to play. I'm here to rob you blind. <laughs> <laughs> How delightful. Jakutis see to their beverages. Game starts in ten. Am I glad to see you? These pet talk have taken everything from me. My latinum, my honor, her. Taken hostages? A warrior's best battle is more than a mere object. It is family. You must help me get it back. Take a number. And, and quiet, I'm, I'm looking at... Ah. I will not let an investor warrior speak to me like that. Why do you keep fidgeting with your shoe? Uh, it's for luck. Anyway, I think I may... Uh... Luck? Fantastic. Wiggle away. We shall take these bandits for all their crypto soon. Oh, you you go on ahead. I'll be right here. Doing what? Drinking. Of course. Hey, barkeep, set him up. Yeah, I prefer the term mixologist. I can't believe it. How, how did you... Well, once I realized their back room was too heavily guarded and I couldn't play my way in... But you lost all the crypto we gave you. Ah, 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 Kirk did that. Which I'm sure he'll repay once he finds out you have his precious batleth. Anywhere was I here. Yeah, well, what I did notice is that they couldn't just toss drunks out back onto the, the promenade deck without arousing suspicion, so I got drunk. Some would say you still are, Lieutenant. Mm, some would. Some did. Some took me to a back room to dry off, which had an adjoining wall with the module that I correctly assumed was the safe. Funny thing about that model of safe, 
This is a debriefing. Stop being adorable and get to the point. It has its own transporter as a safety feature. So I took my radio and stuck it to it, and I took my gun and blasted the floor around it, and sensing a fire hazard, the thing just up and beamed itself to safety right outside the station. Where we picked up the comm signal and found it. Sauntered on out of there, took some tapioca chips on the way. Oh, did you retrieve your uh, object, sir? I did. Congratulations on a job well done, Lieutenant. I hope I shan't be needing your services again. Quartermaster? Come on, big guy. Let's go hypo this out of you. You know, you're real pretty when you're requisitioning field equipment. Oh, Kutch, you know just what to say to a girl. Finally. Now, back to business. Ah, just the way I left you. This calls for a celebration. Replicator. Chipotle Vegeta wrap, I should think. The Milk of Human Kindness by Devlin Grimm. Then Soraya actually introduced me as the only Romulan who has tasted the milk of human kindness. During a first contact, of all the indignities, out of all the time some human has called me human, this is the most infantilizing and perhaps most vulgar. <laughs> uh, it is a phrase from one of their great poets. It means that you are compassionate. I'm sure I don't care. I command what is perhaps the last contingent of all the Romulan Star Empire. I won't be addressed as anything else. I know, my love. As the leader of the Klingon faction here, I have also had to suffer the Admiral's compliments. But go on. When you speak with such cool rage, your eyes shine brighter and more terribly than any star of your honored fallen empire. I'm not in the mood for your poetry, Quirk. Of course, my black-eyed razor hawk. You have earned your anger. Humans have been recklessly thrashing throughout the galaxy for hundreds of years. But the handful of humans I've served with on Nimbus are better. They're trying to be better. Soraya is an old soldier, and like Kalthal the Cursed, his tragedy is that he knows his ways are dying out. I am not accustomed to the idea of letting things die out. I was raised to know when and how to put things down. Hmm. You have a talent for putting me down. I'm certainly not in the mood for that either. Terrell, my love. My people say that all truths live in rage. I felt for some weeks that our love has become uneasy, that you are pulling away. You have me over for dinner. You tell me you are upset, but you will not let me comfort you. I wish to prove to you that I am the man that will fight with you back to back against the galaxies if we must. My people, my people have no sayings involving truth, objective truths. It is a concept that was relearned when we made our first contact as Romulans. I was never the ideal Romulan, but there is so little left of my people. I live in fear that I'm not enough to contain it. And I need you to honor that part of me, because I never had to until now. 
My little hawk. Pour me more wine from one of my bottles. Of course. Our romantic ideal is not to have a mate to fight at our back, but a mate who will watch our back. I want to know I can trust you to find my enemies, to defeat my enemies, even before I know who they are. I want someone who will alleviate the burdens I don't even know that I have. It is not enough to prove to me that you are not a coward. You must prove to me that you are not a fool. They have three names for their race. The humans. More poetry. And objective truth. Humans. Homo sapiens. Earthers. I people have called them Earthers until we realized why they have three names. It was some years after the Kitama Accords that one of our Xeno philosophers was able to decode their cacophony of critical theory. And what is the secret of these three names? Earther is, of course, related to their home world, Earth. But they disagree even on the name of their world because they made first contact before they codified a common language. More importantly, Earther must be, conceptually, an identity ascribed by someone who is not from Earth. A human would never, and perhaps could never, tell you why, but they find the term deeply insulting. Because their identity is then understood to be decided by an outsider. Hmm. More wine? Please. Continue. What is the truth of their second name? Homo sapiens translates to wise man. It is an archaic phrase in a long-dead language used only for systematic categorization. It is their own taxonomic label for the sort of species they are. I thought that. But then, what does human mean? Why do they need two names for what sort of species they are? Historically, human has been how they express the concept of sentient life. And with that sentience comes all the rights and protections that we, Romulan, Klingon, human, whatever, understand to be intrinsic to sentience. Then by their own theoretical constructs, a human does not consider you worthy of these rights until they call you human. It's not a compliment at all. It's an acknowledgement of an equality so basic it should not have to be articulated. Yes. But again, humans have so little self-awareness they would be insulted if you pointed this out. How... true. But that doesn't explain why they developed a word for this separate from their taxonomical label. Ah, here is the great truth of the name human. They have not always considered all Homo sapiens to be worthy of human rights, the same way they can expand the concept of humanity to literal aliens. They can contract the concept and have within their own species. Our people have waged savage wars of conquest and enslaved other species, and I think our empires are, have been, working toward a future free of these brutalities. But chattel slavery and methodical genocide are concepts we only learned after our first contacts. Then a Homo sapien could exist without being considered human by other humans? Oh, yes. One of their great philosophers, Giorgio Agamben, called the condition bare life. Humans developed an entire branch of philosophy to deal with this discrepancy called biopolitics. Agamben was writing in response to one of their more infamous and most methodical genocides. This was only about a hundred years before their first contact. These humans, 
I thought they were just sanctimonious children. They preen and boast of their enlightenment because they have had to work against their true nature for it. May I kiss your hand? Yes, you may. Saraya is the last putrid gasp of this poisonous duality. But so long as your enemy, as our enemy, lives and refuses to acknowledge our lives, our love, and our glory, I will stay vigilant. I have read their histories, and I recognize their true face. And you, a warrior, are content to let them die out? They are unworthy of my sword. And who am I to deny their inherent sentient rights? May I stay the night? No, not tonight. However, tomorrow I will come to your quarters for dinner. A first. And you may prepare my dinner unobserved. I see. Then I shall take my leave and begin preparations. It will be a glorious feast. I have no doubt. So long as you do not set your table with the milk of human kindness. Good night, Kirk. Good night. Little hawk. Divergent Endeavors, Volume 1, featured Vishal Baradouage as Admiral Saraya, Mark Bosco as Emric and the narrator, Devlin Grimm as Shang, Nathan Lajeunesse as Kirk, Brian Lynch as Tavir and Ensign Sasak, Kara O'Connor as Naomi Wildman and Maracas, Matt Robotham as Jokutis, Nicole Santora as Terrell, Aubrey Schaefer as Myra Saskin, Amanda Smith as Dal Lacerto, Sabrina Snyder as Nav and Kuruf, and Jason Wallace as Kutch. It was written by Terry Drozdak, Devlin Grimm, Mark Bosco, Rich DeThorne, Gav Brown, Mike Warner, and Vishal Bardoaj, based on characters and situations created by Matt Robotham and Ron Algarwat. Original theme and additional music by Rich DeThorne. For more information, episode archives, RSS feeds, and more, go to ussendeavor.com. To show your financial support for this show and receive early access to episodes, visit patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. Production copyright 2020 by Algar Productions. Endeavor is not a for-profit production, and all concepts herein are property of Viacom CBS. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun. <laughs>